operators at competing town halls last night. I watched both of them. Uh, anyway, they gave their takes on policy issues, conspiracy theories. And sells out our allies under his leadership, the way he treats women and spends like a, a drunken sailor. He mocks um, evangelicals behind closed doors. His, his family has treated the presidency like a business opportunity. He's flirted with white supremacists. I think it's just inhumane to do that. It's so disrespectful for all the people and their families. And the deaths are horrific, but, you know, there's more. There are other serious side effects that are starting that people are starting to recognize now. They're that's who we are as a country. We are a country of entrepreneurs, and Shark Tank inspires people. It was Mark Cuban before that Ben Sass. And Joy from The View. Mark, season 12, right? Can you believe it? I mean, and you shot this one in, uh, in this season in Las Vegas in some kind of a bubble of safety. How did you figure that out? What did you do? <laughs> We took a lot from what we learned at the NBA bubble and worked with the Venetian Hotel in Vegas. And it was an incredible job that everybody at the Venetian did and all the Shark Tank production staff did. I mean, literally, it was a far stricter bubble than the NBA. We, we were told where to walk, when to walk, how to walk, who was there, what to wear. It was crazy, but it worked. Yeah, there has been a lot of buzz about the NBA bubble that you guys created so that teams could have a season. You are the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. So what are some of the other differences between the Shark Tank bubble and the NBA bubble? So they had Walt Disney World. They had a lake. They could go fishing. They could go bowling. Literally, we woke up. I had an escort through a specific hall, down a specific elevator, across a specific hall with tape marking our path, go to hair and makeup, hazmat suits, go to set with a monitor there, making sure that all the sharks kept their distance the entire time. The entrepreneurs were on, on the other side on the carpet, and we didn't, in, we didn't come close at all like we did in previous seasons. I mean, then we finished up shooting at 7 p.m., went back to our rooms, did the exact same thing again. There were people who didn't see sunlight for 19 days. Oh, Ooh. oh wow. Well, Mark, with the economic downturn, it seems like Shark Tank is more relevant than ever. Do you feel that way also? I love the show. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, there's so many small businesses going through hardship. There are so many people who have been laid off from their jobs and trying to determine should they start their own small business. And the answer is yes. And Shark Tank does a good job of educating people and getting people to understand what entrepreneurship is all about. And, you know, one of my favorite sayings is the one thing that separates the, America, the United States of America from every other country in the world is our sense of entrepreneurship, our entrepreneurial spirit. And that's a quote from, that Joe Biden gave me at one of his events, and I, it's so true, and it's even more important today. That's who we are as a country. We are a country of entrepreneurs, and Shark Tank inspires people young, old, in the middle to go out and start, company, start companies, and I'm so proud to be part of it. I love the show too, uh, Mark. Any of you would be a better president than Trump. But tell us, uh, is there uh, are there any special guests on this upcoming season? Oh yeah, we've got Daniel Lubetsky who started um, Kai Bar. We have Blake Mykowski who started Tom Shoes. We have Kendra Scott of her namesake country uh, company, Kendra Scott. We have Alex Rock. Alex a Rod, right? I mean, we've got a great crew of special guests. And I got to tell you, the deals are incredible. I did more deals this season than any other year before. 
Um, and the entrepreneurs were intense. You saw one clip and how intense that was, but they also had to quarantine. So by the time they got on set, they were ready to go. And, you know, th it was just so much at stake. We knew that we were setting an example for America to really get people excited about starting companies. Because honest guy, honestly, guys, I think when we look back in 20 years at this pandemic of 2020, we'll find out that some kids from who knows where started amazing companies that have become world-class companies. And if we can inspire those kids to go out and do that, I mean, who wouldn't want to be part of that? And season 12 is all about that. Well, always a pleasure to have you, uh, Mark, on the show. I uh, remember when you were running for president. Maybe you'll do it in the next cycle, yeah? Okay. Sure, anytime. The season 12 premiere of Shark Tank airs tonight at 8 p.m. right here on ABC. That was uh, the best angel investing opportunities. That of was Joy Behar on The View. And Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, he said. Billionaire, very uh, wise man, compassionate man. He spoke out about, of course, this, this time of year, everybody's speaking out about the uh, presidency. And um, we'll see who else is on trend today. Mark Cuban explains how Shark Tank taped a new season during pandemic. I don't know if you heard him say that there were some people who did not see daylight for 19 days. Okay, let's listen to... It looks like the Biden's household did better in the ratings by 2.3 million more viewers. Isn't that something? I mean, Donald must be dying. You know how he loves a rating. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. I had every device I own tuned into the ABC uh, town hall last night. Every TV was on the house. I was sure they'd... I was positive they would enjoy a train wreck. I even predicted it. Wow. This, that's so much I know. else 
then it's a problem. And Donald Trump understands it better than anybody else because his biggest real estate deal where he owns the properties and Bank of America properties um, from 2005, I think, that big real estate deal came about because someone bought the debt on that property from a bank and then worked with Donald Trump on the deal. So he understands quite clearly that if somebody from, you know, uh, from China, from Russia, wherever, were to buy the debt, they could put him at risk by, by pushing to foreclose or whatever it may be. And so, yes, it could be a security risk. I, I love how he goes, uh, last night he goes to Savannah, uh, levered, do you know the word levered? I think he meant leveraged. So he's yeah, mansplaining yeah. to Savannah and he's not even using the correct word. Listen, let's talk about the coronavirus, okay, Mark? Trump says he's never felt better, and getting the virus was a blessing from God. What do you think about somebody who would say, a president of the United States saying that it's a blessing of God to get sick, to get a deadly virus, when 200,000 and more have died already? What can you say? I mean, literally, what, what can you say to that? It's just inhumane to do that. It's so disrespectful for all the people and their families, and the deaths are horrific, but, you know, there's more... There are other serious side effects that are starting that people are starting to recognize now. There's the long-termers that have had this for months. I have a friend who just finally tested negative after six months. I have somebody who works for me who still gets headaches months later. So it's you know the deaths are horrific, but the negative impact on people's health and the long-term consequences could be something that we have to deal with for years. And you know that translates into his health care plan, which is non-existent. You know, one of the good things about Biden is we're going through the greatest health care crisis of our lifetime. And at least Joe is saying we need to address that issue. We need to come up with solutions, not just with the ACA. He also has a public option that makes the ACA even better. But also, how do we deal with the hospitals? Because, again, if these are long-term issues, which it looks like they may be, then dealing with care and having that, that foundation of hospitals and communities is going to be critically important. And Donald Trump can't even say what his health care plan is because he doesn't need to have one. Right this moment, there is a mad rush in America. Apple, Amazon, Facebook, dozens more. They're all betting on a radical new technology that will change the way we live. This is the future, says Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak. The Wall Street Journal agrees, calling it foundation. That's who we are as a country. We are a country of entrepreneurs, and Shark Tank inspires people, young, old, in the middle, to go out and start, company, start companies. And I'm so proud to be part of it. Oh, that was... <clears throat> that was Mark Cuban on The View with Joy Behar. Sonny Holston... Whoopi Goldberg and the other ladies. Thank you for listening. We're trying to catch up with the latest with the latest information. Sound bites and all. Some are YouTube posts, some are um Facebook posts, some are from here, hither, and yon. Um, 
If you haven't had a chance, earlier this week, I think that was Sunday. Sunday, there was a episode posted from NHK World on this show. There was an episode posted from NHK World Japan. The music of nature, voices of nature through the music of the pianist Kawakami Mine. It was uh, about an hour show, very relaxing, excuse me, the title was The Shape of Sound, A Piano Paints, The Seasons of Nara, The City of Nara, Japan. You may enjoy that. The music she created was just beautiful. <clears throat> Still scrolling here to see what what the latest is. I think we're caught up here with the latest, but I'll check just in case to see what we may be missing out on. It's 5.29 p.m. on the West Coast in Southern California. And again, (coughs) excuse me, once again, we want to pause and remember All the suffering families that are missing their loved ones, that have lost loved ones during the pandemic and even before the family members that have gone from one illness or the other, whether it's cancer or some other tragedy, accident, or at the hands of another homicide or all the violent police shootings. There are so many hurting people all over the world. Let's just pause to remember all the lost ones and how grateful we are for our blessings, for our gift of life and family and friends. There's a uh, a website code C-O-D-E dot whitehat junior dot com code dot white hat jr dot com that's offering free coding certification class for kids age 
6 through 18 only, only during current school shutdown. And for ages 6 through 14, they also have a, a space camp offered by uh, White Hat Jr. and Hubble Space Web Telescope. So that will give the young people a little inspiration while they're in quarantine or while they're indoors during the pandemic. And here we have a Black History mini docs, a, a mini documentary on educator and abolitionist Lucy Stanton Day Sessions. Long name, Lucy Stanton Day Sessions, born on October 16th, 1831 is believed to be the first black woman to graduate from college in the United States, completing a ladies literary course from Oberlin College in 1850. For over a century, the Ohio College has recognized its early literary course program as equivalent to a degreed program, even though it did not award graduates with a bachelor's degree. In 1862, Oberlin College formally awarded the first bachelor's degree when Mary Jane Patterson graduated with a B.A. Lucy was born in Cleveland, Ohio, to Samuel Stanton, a barber who died before Lucy was two years old. And Mother Margaret later remained, later, correction, Mother Margaret later remarried John Brown, a wealthy black businessman and abolitionist who was active in the underground Railroad. Upon graduation, she moved to Columbus, Ohio to become principal of a school, but two years later returned to Cleveland when she married Oberlin classmate William Howard Day, a librarian who edited an abolitionist newspaper. The Alienated American. In 1854, she became one of the first black women, women to have a functional, correction, a fictional story published when she wrote a short story on slavery for her husband's newspaper. 
two years later, the couple moved to Buxton, Canada to teach fugitives enslaved and in 1858 had a daughter, Florence. However, the following year, William Day left on business for England, abandoning his family, abandoning his family and requesting a divorce. <laughs> Lucy returned to Cleveland finding work as a seamstress to support her daughter but remained active as an abolitionist. In 1866, she was sponsored by the Cleveland Freedmen's Association to teach in Georgia and later Mississippi, where she met and married her second husband, Levi Sessions, in 1878. The couple moved to Tennessee and later to Los Angeles, California, where she continued her philanthropic work until her death on February 18, 1910. Oh, like I said in the past, many, many times, women are so unstoppable and powerful, even though for so long and even now, there are just so many unnecessary barriers women have to have to overcome every day, but we are somehow just unstoppable. Contributors, contributors, blackpast.org, blackpast, B-L-A-C-K-P-A-S-T dot O-R-G. I'm going to click on it, take a quick look. It says Black Past. Black Past is dedicated to providing a global, global audience with reliable and accurate information on the history of African America and of people of African ancestry around the world. We aim to promote greater understanding through this knowledge to generate constructive change in our society. Welcome to Black Past. This 6,000 page reference center is dedicated to providing information to the general public on African-American history and the history of more than one billion people of African ancestry around the world. We invite you to explore and use all the resources of black past. Oh, they have a picture here. 
of uh, looks like Florida. Yeah. Is that Florida? Maybe from long time ago. Suzette Charles, they have a picture of her. She was back in 1963. I think Suzette Charles was one of the first African-American Miss Americas. Let's click on her and see. They have the Civil Rights Act of 19... 57. I have a picture of Benny G. Thompson, 1948. Thomas Alexander Dumas, 1762 to 1806. He looks like a war general. I'm going to guess he was a Haitian war general because I I want to say that was during the Haitian Revolution when they overthrew and ran um, Napoleon out of uh, Haiti, if I'm not mistaken. I read so much I get alphabet soup on my brain sometimes. <laughs> but 1959, a picture of Patrice Lumumba, African Unity and National Independence. A picture of Pele, remember? Edson Arantes. Do Nascimento, 1940. Pele. <laughs> and in Chad, 1900. Oh yeah, this is a global perspective. Perspectives in African American and global African history. Oh my, they have the Harlem Renaissance in the American West, Mad Men in Black, African Americans in the 20th century, U.S. advertising industry, I'm just reading off some of the titles. They have pictures to go with each one. Racial Uplift, Black Power, and Reparations on the Kansas Frontier. Well, we will be here all day because <laughs> they seem like they have uh, covered the globe. And that's what what we need. But for now, we're going to end this segment, and we'll be back. Thank you for listening.